0: Throw the switch and let us begin the battle for the planet.
1: everyone and welcome to riot act radio i'm your host jim camp mike McMullen, my washington dc correspondent a very very good artist and uh, movie producer is on the line with me mike how you doing buddy
0: i'm doing good how are you today jim
1: yeah a, a lot has happened since our show last week uh here in the great state of denial uh texas our wheelchair wielding governor Greg Abbott has lifted the mask mandate here in Texas and says all businesses can open up to 100% capacity now, which of course, that's going to raise the COVID cases bigly here in this state, uh, which has the second highest death rate in the country. So I think uh, Greg Abbott is going for a national championship or something. uh, So he can say we're number one in something.
0: Oh, my God,
1: that's just sad. Abbott did say that businesses could require customers to wear masks in their establishments, and that, in true Texas fashion, that's just causing more problems. There's a restaurant in Houston called Pico's. Uh, The customers there got so angry, they called ICE and reported the wait staff as being illegally here in the country.
0: Um, Oh, my God.
1: And then we had a freak out in a Trader Joe's where a guy who was spouting about his rights to freedom and all this kind of stuff. Uh, So, you know, it's just getting crazy. Of course, it's Texas, so it's crazy anyway.
0: Um, I don't know if you've heard or not, but the the National uh, Center for Disease Infection released a statement. It was either the day before yesterday or yesterday saying that, after you have your second shot, you no longer need to wear a mask, which I thought was really responsible for them to do. It's like, wait a minute. That's going to mean that people who don't want to wear masks are going to pretend like they already got the shot. And what about, can't they still spread it and give, even though they had the shot? It seems silly to tell people, oh, go ahead and take your mask off, because that's just going to confuse everybody who still has to wear a mask.
1: Well, that's uh, true. I mean, wait- I've been fortunate enough to have both the shots, so but I still wear a mask.
0: I hear you. Yeah. And, and you know, at, it, I just thought it was really irresponsible and all this, in all this time and reflection where we're having a hard time trusting our authorities that they come out with this. Oh yeah, you can, you know, don't worry, get the virus and you can take the uh, get the vaccine and you can take the mask off. It's like, why don't you guys just shut up and do your job and stop, I know, telling us, you know, to have this party before the parties do. It's just it, it seems really irresponsible. And I'm, I'm really I'm happy that they did that.
2: Yeah,
1: it's, you know? it, it, you're right. Uh, but I think really that uh, Greg Abbott is just more worried about being reelected governor here in Texas, which is in 2022. He's more worried about that than the health and well-being, well-being of the citizens of Texas. Uh, Abbott is High hoping likely. I think he's hoping that the voters will forget his inadequate response and his let them eat cake attitude during the Texas freeze out. Uh, Not to mention, guess what? He was on TV a couple of days ago blaming Joe Biden for the COVID pandemic. Well,
0: that's convenient. You know, knowing the short attention span of people, some people will buy that, you know.
2: (laughs) Especially here in
0: Texas. but to me, that's, that's, that's almost not as crazy, but it's almost as crazy as blaming Trump for the, for the COVID-19. And it's almost as crazy as telling people, oh, why would you wait for Trump to give you your health explanation? Look at the man's health. He's no one to take advice from. So anybody who's waiting for the, for the president to say, hey, you should wear a mask. It's a damn fool anyway so i just well, i have no i have no sympathy or i won't hold court with someone saying it's trump's fault that we didn't jump on this sooner because that was yes no 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 you're
1: wrong it is trump's fault that they would we didn't jump on this sooner because trump is the one that kept it quiet he's the one that said it was going to be a cold it'll go away in a few weeks he's the one that downplayed the whole thing for six months until it came up and bit him in the ass and then all of a sudden he's got to do something about it yes trump is not for fault of the covid virus but he is fault for the response that he provided in the country. So I blame it on him. He's a big failure. And anyway,
0: (laughs) well, he is a big failure. I just, I just have to say to my fellow Americans that if you're waiting for a man like Trump to give you advice, you deserve what you end up with. I started wearing the mask long before it even came up as a discussion. As soon as my son in Bangkok said, all of his staff are wearing gloves and masks. Melinda and I went out and started buying masks. We didn't wait for Fauci or the news, and sure as hell we didn't wait for the White House to tell us what to do. So, if the people who waited for the White House to tell them what to do, I'm sorry that I don't think that I don't think that's the case. I think it, I think he's been he's been made he's an idiot and he's the worst president we've ever had. We agree on that, but I also think that we live in a scapegoat society that we always look for one person or a group of people to blame our weaknesses on. We have a messed up culture in the sense that we don't know how to take care of each other. We're all about, hey, I want to take care of me. I want to get my hair done. I want my rights. I want this. I want that. And to hell with everybody else. And this is why it spread. Not because of Donald Trump. It spread because we have a ridiculous amount of self-indignation.
1: I That's agree I with do. that. I agree with that. Except for the fact that it is Donald Trump's fault. So there. Okay. So what, <laughs> so what else has happened? Uh, well, you, know, you know, the Iowa governor, the Iowa governor
0: is now trying to pass, she's passed a bill that makes it harder for people to vote early. Um, so they're trying to do some, some voter, uh, discouragement in Iowa. Um, and, and say, they're saying it's because of voter fraud. And Iowa has absolutely no record, zero record of ever having, uh, voter fraud which is an outstanding record to have for a state. So there's no reason for them to enact these, to enact, to enact these new rules. And so the, concern, so the Democrats are saying this is just a way to do voter suppression. And the Democrats have answered that by saying, do whatever you want. We will figure out how to vote around all of your obstacles. That's true. So and i tell you was,
1: what, I do have uh, something about voter fraud that I'd like to touch on, but let's do that a little later in the show. Oh, okay. Okay. All right. I wanted to talk about the Senate, a divided Senate, I might add, that finally approved the $1.9 trillion in aid to our suffering country. Um, The vote was 50 to 49, and the only reason it wasn't a tie vote is because one senator, Republican, was absent due to a death in the family. So that saved uh, Vice President Harris from having to cast her vote. President Biden was really excited about that. For over a year... The American people were told they were on their own. They were seeing — we've seen how hard that has been on so many Americans. More than 400 small businesses closed unnecessarily. Millions of people out of work through no fault of their own — I want to emphasize that — through no fault of their own. Food bank lines stretching for miles. Did any of you ever think you'd see that in America? Families facing the threat of eviction. This nation has suffered too much for much too long. There are brighter days ahead. There really are. And I agree with that. There are brighter days ahead. But guess what? Republican opposition was unanimous. Of course. Not one Republican voted for this bill. Not one Republican voted to help the citizens in their own states. It's ridiculous. I can safely speak for most of my members that we think this is dramatically more money than is required at this particular juncture. It also includes a number of things that have absolutely nothing to do with uh, COVID relief. And so it will be controversial. Um, they have decided first bill out of the gate this year, coronavirus bill, which is again, is, is way too big to start with and has a lot of questionable uh, pieces to it. Uh, they decide to try and do it at 51 votes, I think which tells you that this is never about trying to get a bipartisan bill that deals with the virus, but rather Uh, using the pandemic for political gain. So there you have it. The Republicans are, what do you call it, gaslighting, I guess. Uh, We're supposed Uh, to be bipartisan. If they wanted to have a partisan bill or a bipartisan bill, then they should have voted for it. But see, there was nothing in there giving big corporations money. There was nothing in there giving breaks to millionaires and billionaires. The money that's in there, it's a much-needed injection of, I guess, our federal resources for our ailing economy. And get this, it is the largest anti-poverty effort over the last 25 years because there's a lot in there for people who have food insecurity uh, and so forth. Uh, all the things that the GOP, the Greed Over People Party, they're just dead set against. Do you
0: think that it's just because they want to be uh, against the Democrats? Or do you think they've got an actual logical reason for why they're uh, not not signing on
1: in their twisted minds. They have a logical reason to their logic and that's, they want the economy to continue to fail. They want everything to continue to fail. So in 2022, they can put out ads saying Joe Biden failed. Don't vote for him anymore. Don't vote for any Democrats. That's their agenda. Their agenda is their own personal gain. Not the right, you know, it's, it's, I don't want to hear, you know, I'm, yeah, I'm getting all up, upset now about this. It pisses me off so badly. Let it out, Jim. This is what it's for. Uh, what? <laughs> this uh, is my you, therapy. <laughs> yeah. But they're, know, against they're against things. They're against $1,400 for millions of Americans who need the money. You know, they're against okay. the extra. It was uh, $300 extra in unemployment benefits. So $300 is, per is, child. Five. They're against all of that. They're against people. They want people to be thrown out of their houses because they're against the forty-five billion dollars in rental and utility and mortgage assistance. See, if you if, if, if
0: it were up to me, I would say I think we should be talking to landlords and building owners, apartment complex owners, and mortgage companies and saying, "Look, everything needs to
1: freeze." The relief bill. There's forty-five billion dollars set aside to help not only people pay their rent but to help. Landlords receive money that they're not receiving from their tenants. It's also with some mortgage assistance, forbearance, and that kind of thing. There's $30 billion in there for transportation agencies.
0: But that that $30 billion just adds to a national debt. I think this is what is driving the Republicans, is that we are already in incredible national debt. So there's not tons of money on Capitol Hill just to hand out. Well, but the thing is,
1: Republicans don't care when it comes to giving out money, tax breaks to millionaires and billionaires, which has added $20 trillion to the debt. They didn't say one damn thing about Donald Trump and all his spending increasing the debt. They didn't say a thing. Oh, that's great for the country. But now they're not in charge and somebody's actually got a 70 or 60 percent Voter approval rate, 70% of all Americans agree with this bill, but they're against it because they want it to fail. They want the economy to fail so they can benefit from it. That's what they are. GOP, greed over people.
0: Yeah, well, they're going to, I I, don't know if the plan is going to work. I hope it doesn't. But I do think that we're looking at a four-year Democrat White House and that unless, um, and the odds are against them that they're going to be able to pull this off. And I and I, I believe me, Jim, I'm behind them 100%. I want to see them succeed. But given the the playing field that they inherited, it seems very unlikely that they will succeed enough to sustain another four years. I think they're going to be out I disagree with
1: you entirely because they don't have one person on the right. That's what they're looking for. They're either looking for Donald Trump or someone who can be like Donald Trump. And I tell you what, Donald Trump's base is only 25% of all the voters out there.
2: Joe Biden won the
1: election by over 7 million votes. Why do you think that is? Because a lot of Republicans hate Donald Trump, and they voted against Donald Trump by voting for Joe Biden. Well, how many votes did Hillary win by? She won by Last over 3 time. million votes. That's what I'm saying. Like, I'm well, thinking, it's, the, it's, you know, the, it's the electoral college that's got this country so effed up. It's unbelievable. You right. know, the best way and to encourage... And they're
0: not going to go away in four years. They're still going to be around in four years. So, Yes, Donald Trump but you have be, to
1: control the Senate and the House. Uh, five GOP senators are not running for re-election. So that's five chances to up our ante in the Senate. But the best way right. to encourage faster economic growth is not, is, is not from the top down. It's not trickle-down economics, which the GOP lives by. It's from the bottom up. You've got to do it from the bottom up, which this bill is doing. If the money's there, you know, it's if the there. money's
0: not there, then they're just printing fake money and devaluing every dollar that's printed.
1: So if you give $1,400, um, what are you going to do with it? Uh, it probably goes into uh, education. Well, most people. Well, there you go. But most people are going to spend it, and what happens when people spend money? The economy gets better. Right. Republicans don't understand that. They think you spend money at the top, and hopefully they'll trickle down to us. The only trickle you're going to feel is them pissing on your back.
0: Right. Well, I tell you, one industry that's doing really well is the uh, is the illegal marijuana. marijuana. Uh, business
1: oh wow you're not uh, supposed but, to tell them about that man I why got, i got that garden in the backyard oh oh sorry about
0: that <laughs> well you're in texas i mean they're gonna firebomb your house pretty soon anyway you know <laughs> <laughs>
1: yeah i guess if i keep talking like this they're gonna firebomb my house oh
0: my god you know things have got really weird you gotta be i had uh i had a, a neighbor who liked to uh, what i call him is a minute man because every time i put something that's that's liberal up on Facebook, he jumps all over. I actually have two local Minutemen that jump all over anything liberal I put up. And uh, the other day, he sent me something about some stupid thing about, oh, uh, how dangerous it is to be white these days. And I wrote him back. I said, look, dude, uh, please don't send me any of this more stuff. I mean, and I said, please. I said, you know, you you have your opinion. I have mine. But, you know, the election's over, and I want to take a break from political – you know, all this political stuff back and forth. So So that's why you joined
1: me here on right act radio.
0: Well, this (laughs) is is different. No, this is different. (laughs) I, I just didn't want to get into the debates on Facebook with, with uh, what I would consider to be knuckle draggers, you know, and I'm just going to try to avoid it. But he keeps sending me this stuff and I ask him, please. And so now, you know, now it's gotten to the point where when I see him at the grocery store, I'm going to walk up and I'm going to kick his cart and I'm going to say, look, a hole. (laughs) I said please once, and the next time it's going to be fist to cuffs because I don't want to see this anymore,
1: you know? And what I'm, you got to do free. is you, you have to fight back. I have a same well, situation, saying. a person that I worked with at the Pentagon. Uh, he seemed to me at the time when we worked together that he was a clear-thinking sort of individual, but now that I'm no longer there, he posts things on LinkedIn. Now, I thought that was a professional website, you know, LinkedIn. It is. Uh, is, but yeah. he posts political statements on there, so when he does, I go after him and I point out everything that he's wrong about. And LinkedIn has a big audience. It's, I mean, it's, it's probably as big as Twitter, if not bigger. So I, I go after him. I don't let him get away with po- posting BS on the line. You now why?
0: I mean, you would think that that'd be. I mean, he must already have a job, so he doesn't really need to l- use LinkedIn for employment. I would think that'd be really stupid on either side. Uh, to express too much venom about your political side, because who knows there might be a good job waiting out there for someone who's secretly Republican, but they don 't bring it into the workplace and mm-hmm. they pay good and they 've got a good company um, and you might i 'm not saying you, but a, a potential person looking for a job might enjoy working for a company that 's owned by a Republican, but if you put on their you know ve- you know venomously angry anti-republican stuff or in this guy's case anti-democrat stuff you could be shooting yourself in the foot for employment
1: and that's a good point i don't put anything anti-republican stuff i just put anti-whatever this guy is saying stuff hey mike let's (laughs) (laughs) let's take a break real quick (laughs) okay you know uh i'd like to know what everybody else thinks out there Listener feedback is what we're looking for. Send me an email at riotactradio at yahoo.com or go to my Twitter account, Riot Act Radio, Facebook Riot Act Radio. And I'm going to quit asking people to call the studio because nobody's calling. I'd like to remind everybody that they can listen to us on podcast. You can go to Spotify. On the Spotify, if you click the notification button, when we post a new episode, It'll be you'll be notified and so you can listen to it there. We're also available on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, everywhere podcasts are at. But let me find this email real quick so I can tell you about our listener participation. This guy says, he's been thinking what a shamble our former president left us in. He divided us, not united us. He lied to the country. He stole our dignity. He made us hate the people that we did agree with. He left us with not not trusting our institutions and the people who are working there it's so sad that one person can do this it's going to take a new energy that will bring us back to what america stands for and i'm pessimistic about us reaching that goal so i appreciate that comment from pete and uh see so we did get a a, a little bit of an email there right hey. <laughs> someone's I listening was ta- <laughs> Well, anyway, let's take a real quick break here, Mike, and uh, okay. I will be right back. buck. Right, man. It had never been done before. A plan so crazy it just might work. Stir a bunch of frat boys and Nazi real estate agents into invading the capital, overthrow a democracy, and if it fails, pretend it never happened. But it would take one hell of a team to pull it off drawn from the fetid swamps across America. They are the squalid. Kevin McCarthy, the leader. And President Trump won this election, so everyone who's listening,
0: do not be quiet. Do not be silent about this.
1: Mo Brooks, the co-conspirator. Today is the day American
2: patriots start taking down names and kicking ass.
1: Lauren Beaufort, Logistics.
2: Well, I'm certainly not indulging
0: in conspiracy theories that said that I was a part of the attack on our nation's capital. Ted Cruz, the money man. Each of you look around, the men and women that are gathered here, you are patriots.
1: Marjorie Taylor Greene, the brains.
0: Representatives and senators can be kicked out, and it's a, it's a crime punishable
1: by death. Matt Gaetz, the revisionist. But make no mistake, the left in America has incited far more political violence than the right.
0: Josh Hawley, the little bitch.
1: We do need an investigation into irregularities, fraud. We do need election security reforms. Rick Scott, American Voldemort. We've got to figure this out. We've got to be able to prevent this from, you know, I don't know if anything will happen with this election, but clearly we can't let this go on for the next election. Uh, okay. Jim Jordan, the cheerleader.
0: I don't know how you can ever convince me that President Trump didn't actually win this thing. Based on all the, the things you see, 11 million more votes. He won 19 to 20 Bellwether county, He won Ohio by eight, Iowa by eight, Florida by three. Somehow, And Tommy Tuberville, denies any knowledge of having planned this whole thing at the Trump Hotel
1: on January 5th. You know, our government wasn't set up to, for one group to have all three. of of branches of government it wasn't set up that way uh
0: or 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 three branches you know the house the senate and the executive they They did their damnedest to steal your democracy and there's not much stopping them from trying again
1: oh yeah except elections don't forget what they did remember their names and then vote these seditious shit trumpets out (laughs) Donco films brings you the squalid Oh, my goodness. <laughs> I, think I, went, I think I went I like a little that. overboard on that one.
0: <laughs> I liked it very much. I think it's perfect timing. It's not like a, a real documentary. I was waiting for the humor.
1: Uh, so welcome true. back to Riot Act Radio, folks. Mike, what's going on in your neck of the woods?
0: Well, you know, I'm just crying in my tears right now. No, we're doing all right. waiting for the vaccine to come around. And uh, then I'm going to go back down in front of the Capitol and continue to uh, have people uh, express themselves on canvases. I started those three canvases right after the election. Yeah, I remember and then, that uh, at the request of my wife and, and the news. Well, the news came out about the the uh, Trump supporters having their own separate march. Yeah. Which I it turns out I was a, a good thing I wasn't down there because I probably the canvases probably would have gotten destroyed and I would be upset. Um, but mainly because of people not wearing masks. Uh, my Melinda asked me to wait until later in the year and then take the canvases down there. So I'm just waiting to get shot in the arm. I'm still going to wear a mask. I'm in my sixties and I did smoke for several years. So I don't have uh, the, you know, I'm not in a, in as good a health as I could be. So I don't want to risk it, uh, but I can't wait to get back out in the public and do painting. Cause right now it's like oxygen. The, the couple times I've done it, People have taken to it like, like little kids take the cake. They're like, oh, my God, you're a, you you, want me to express myself? I get a chance to express. And people are just like, they flock to it. They just love doing it.
1: Don't you have uh, that posted uh, video-wise? Yeah. Uh, why don't you tell the folks where they can see that at?
0: Well, right now it's on my Facebook page, and that's public. So if you go to Michael Smolin on pay- Facebook, you can see the videos. Um, I did have a website, but I stopped paying the rent. So I need to go back and, and uh, get that reestablished. Yeah, <laughs>
1: that is. Yeah. 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 Well, Mike, it's uh, but, time for uh, what about this? Oh, what about this? Now, let me ask you something. Is the FBI good at their job or what? I think they're pretty uh, good at it. A Trump political yeah. appointee was arrested and charged by the FBI in connection with his role in the sixth. Uh, January 6th insurrection. The guy's name was Frederico Klein. He's age 42. And I'm just wondering how he got so dumb in such a short time. But uh, he was an uh, an appointee from Trump to the State Department, who, by the way, he had a top-secret clearance, and he was arrested in charges for his participation in the uprising. I guess he really liked this job and wanted to keep it. That's the only thing I can figure out. But he's uh, facing up to twenty years in prison now.
0: Frederico Klein. That does not sound like a honky's name. Uh,
1: <laughs> Frederico Klein. You, I, you know that's well.
0: That's, Frederico sure doesn't sound like a honky's name, and and uh, although a honky, although huh? you know, well, you know, I you know, I can say that because I'm white. I guess I, I can say the H word and the C word. Cracker, uh, and I'm I'm saying that because um, because I think it's probably. A good thing to point out, anytime that there was somebody joining this uh, fascist movement, that it's not a middle-aged white male, I think they need to be brought to the surface so that people will understand that, to, not to drop a stereotype on all of us, it's a mentality, it's not a skin color. It just happens to be that a lot of the mentality falling into the anglo shade of, of pink. I've seen a um, lot
1: of uh, a video of the violence at the Capitol, and I'm trying to remember if I saw any black people there. Uh, I,
0: I saw a couple, but you got to squint. There was actually someone holding up a sign, and I didn't see the person, but I saw the sign that said Blacks for Trump, uh, but wow. I couldn't make out the person. Uh, yeah. But there are, there is a couple of views where you see, and I can't tell if he's, if he's a dark Hispanic or if he's a light black person, but there's a couple people you can see that that weren't white um, and not that that's a, a big thing to run up a flagpole, but just to try to avoid the same mistakes that, that uh, that these people have made by making these gross general stereotypes so this, uh, about people.
1: This overthrow of the government was a uh, multiracial uh, coup, I guess. Uh,
0: no, I'm not so, I mean, I still think it's primarily white, but still it's not fair to put that stereotype on all middle-aged white men. It'd be the same thing to say that you could listen to, you know, a bunch of gangster, uh, gangster rap songs and make the same assumption that all young black men call their women bitches and, you know, smack them down. I mean, that's not a fair you know, judgment
1: to make. I wouldn't really know that because I don't listen to that music.
0: <laughs> you know, I mean, Stephen King... Is a is a is a record selling author. Will he te- will will he stand the test of time? I doubt it. I put money on it But in a hundred years, if we could go take a time capsule, there's no literary honor to Stephen King because he's shocking he's shocking awe and he comes up with ridiculous things like cars that can think and want to kill you or, or houses that are obsessed because they were built on Indian burial gra- burial grounds and therefore the TV can suck your daughter in. It <laughs> You know what I mean? What did he guys, write Poltergeist? I don't know if he did or not, oh. but that sounds like something he would write. I really uh, loved that movie. <laughs> that was so ridiculous. No, <laughs> I mean, it, it like, was scary at the, the wars, time. You know? uh, <laughs> 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 I laughed through it. You know? You know, uh, and, well, let's I,
1: move on, okay? Uh, uh, what about this? John, Donald Trump Jr. is following in his father's footsteps with his own video channel. Where he posts daily ramps, uh, just like his daddy did. And so now, Mike, I- I'm thinking that maybe little Donnie wants to run for president. I know. He probably does. I know Junior has realized that the twice impeached former president and his dad built millions of dollars from his ill informed lemmings. So I guess JR, he's figuring that he could do the same thing. He wants to get his hands on the teat of the, and milk the cash cow.
0: And I would think that a, that, you know, the spoiled son of a billion of a New York billionaire. Let's just go ahead and whether whether he's worth billions or not, let's just go ahead and say that because that's the illusion. Um, I would think that this. I know if I were son of a billionaire, I'd have so much dirt in my closet. You wouldn't be able to hang a shirt in it. And I can't imagine if this guy hasn't done something. I mean, just think about how 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 easy it is to be to, to allow power to corrupt you. You know, I mean. We behave because we need to behave, because we need to be accepted, and because we need to have friends, we need to belong to organizations, we need to stay employed, we need to keep our wives, we need to keep our mortgage, but if we were so rich and powerful that those things didn't concern us, we may be be tempted to do some things that are not so kosher. Well, I'm not um, a millionaire
1: or a billionaire, but I have skeletons well, in my closet. <laughs> sure,
0: sure, yeah, we all do. But I mean, I hope that I hope that just by the sheer rumor that this guy's thinking about it, that the Democrats are 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 choking down the streets of New York to find that girl that was that was spit yeah, on at the, that at had the, at the, the abortion
1: from uh, yeah, Junior. Yeah, whatever. Yeah, yeah. Whatever. Well, you know, you know, all the dirty stuff. The, on pro, the problem with that is. The the new Republican Party, the new lemmings of the Republican Party, they don't care. They don't care that Donald Trump is a rapist, allegedly, that he pays off porn stars, that, uh, you know, he's a liar and a cheat and a thief. They don't care. They just like Donald Trump and Jr.'s trying to be just like Daddy. Right.
0: Well, but I think it makes him a scumbag, too. The K6, the Bushes. The old school Republicans, they're disgusted by him. Uh, they're oh, outnumbered. Absolutely. They're terrified. But I think as the people come out and they start saying, you know, like the Cheneys come out, they're like, look, this guy's not worth it. He's, he's not worth giving up the country and the values of the country for just to save this so-called class of, of Republicans. Like if they don't have the nerve to stand up and clean their own closet, then they're just going to get their closet cleaned for them. And and
1: I got one other one for you. Now we're going to get into the voter fraud you were talking about earlier. I did want to revisit last week's show on the voter suppression and fraud. Uh, Here in Texas, Justice of the Peace Thomas Ramirez, the Medina County, Texas Justice of the Peace, he's arrested for voter fraud. And guess what? He's a Republican. <laughs> what, what, what did he do? What was the? I mean, what was the actual fraud? one act? Uh, stuffing the ballot box. He uh, allegedly, because he's being charged, and I guess eventually it will go to to trial. Um, and his last
0: name is Ramirez. That's a that's another non honky name. <laughs>
1: There were 17 counts of voter fraud against the guy, the Republican, and he had cohorts. I don't know who know their names, uh, and they were all in, in on it too. So I'm just saying that so far, I talked about it last week for the two guy, uh, a guy in Carolina, a guy in Pennsylvania, voter fraud, Republicans, and now right here in Texas, voter fraud, a Republican. So they're, yeah. they're trying to uh, do away with voter fraud, but the only ones that have voter fraud are Republicans cheating. So, you know. Uh Uh-huh. Yeah. All right, what about this? Uh When the twice impeached former president was elected in twenty sixteen, he set about undoing everything that President Obama put into place. He executive order after executive order was signed, reversing many policies of the Obama administration. So I guess it's payback time because Joe Biden, he has signed over fifty executive orders, undoing many of Trump's failed policies and restoring many of President Obama's policies. And he's establishing his own as he goes along. So my question is, with our country divided as it is, our congressional branch divided as it is, eventually, hopefully not, but eventually a Republican president will get elected. Uh, Not in a long time, I'm hoping, but I'm wondering which executive orders will the next president, Republican president undo.
0: You know, if we keep going like this, if, and this was is, this is, this is a point I was trying to make earlier, is that if somebody doesn't decide to not only play nice, but really run up the flagpole that you're playing nice, make, it, make, make obvious gestures to the right so that we don't have this continual going back and forth, our side won, your side lost, Somebody, I know, and, you know, and I, I listened to Joe's voice. God, you know, I, I really want Joe to do well, but you can already tell that he's he's um, he's had this is going to wear him out. This Absolutely, is wear this poor poor old dude out, and he's already given us, you know, a, more of his life than most people ever give uh, to a public service or to anything in public. Um, he's already given so much, and my theory is that. Because he's facing a pandemic and because he's facing such a a venomously divided country, this four years could very well be painted as a disaster, and we could be right back in Republican
1: There you go, Mike. Always giving off with the negative waves, man.
0: (laughs) I'm sorry. You know, I want us to play nice, but I think by by going back and, and, and undoing everything that Trump did, is not necessarily the way to do it. Maybe there's some of those those bills that could be just left alone for a minute to give the Republicans something to bite on because it is their country too. So Yeah, not to reverse, the problem
1: know. is they think it's their country and nobody else's but theirs. So you don't count, I don't count, you know, and, and my my Mexican next-door neighbor, he doesn't count because that's not the country they want, so – well, yeah, anyway. but
0: isn't this, the, isn't this the same thing, though, by doing this? Aren't we saying it's not your country anymore, it's ours, the liberals, and we're going to do what we want regardless of how you feel? Well, after, the same thing?
1: after four, well, actually after four, four, eight, twelve, twelve 12 years of the Republicans pushing against everything, against anything that's progressive at all, uh, their only goal is to give tax breaks to corporations and uh, to billionaires and millionaires who in turn turn around and give them campaign donations. So yeah, you know, that's, it's, anyway, Mike, that wraps up another, <laughs> that wraps up another episode. Guess what? Episode number 12. And well, that's uh, good. yeah, we're going to close with a song called 545 children. I know you've produced a video that accompanies this song. So why don't you tell us about it?
0: Well, it's written by a friend of mine by the name of Tom Pasala Rao. He is a folk singer, and he is up for a Grammy this year. He's actually up for a Grammy for a song that he wrote about uh, Mr. Lloyd, who was uh, who died, or Mr. Floyd, uh, George Floyd, who died under the um, the irresponsible arrest of the Minnesota police force. As you know, he he was the the, the force that basically awoken the black lives matter movement to, to enact and, and start really waking up and, and getting out of the street and, and being heard. Um, so Tom wrote this song and he, uh, it got heard by people around literally around the world, artists in Spain, in Sweden, in, J- in Japan were listening to it and doing their versions and sending it back to him so much so that the only way you can get nominated for a Grammy is if a record company nominate you. You can't nominate yourself and you can't nominate Joe Schmo down the street. There has to be a recording artist. So a recording company out of Texas, out of your state, contacted Tom and said, we want to sign you to our label because we want to nominate you for a Grammy because we love this song so much. So this is not the song he's nominated for. This is a song about the children that were locked in the cages where they can't find the parents of. And I guess that number has gotten down to 400 and something now. Um, but at the time, it was 545 children who they couldn't identify, excuse me, couldn't identify their parents. And uh, I went out and made a video for him, uh, which is not, I mean, that's not what I want to talk. I want to talk about Tom and his music. So if you get a chance to look up Tom Posada Rao, and it's a, it's a little funny spelling. I'm going to have to look it up myself right now to make sure I get it spelled right for people to uh, to check it out. But Tom is uh, very prolific. He's gone. He's had a, he's had a hard year medically. And it, the, the pandemic and some medical situations have sort of pushed Tom into being really prolific this year. So he's, he's already, he's made like 17 albums, but this last year he did a song like every week he was coming up with a song. But his last name is spelled P-R-A-S-A-D-A space capital R-A-O, Prasada Rao. And Rao is a separate name, Tom Prasada Rao. He's an Indian fellow. Uh, and he's a professional music, musician. He sold some songs to some big country stars out of Nashville. And he's up for a Grammy. And uh, please enjoy the song. Okay. Well,
1: we're going to play, play that in just a moment, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, I did want to say one last thing, Mike, that the inventor of the throat lozenge has passed away at age 99. Oh. And uh, there will be no coughing at the funeral. Oh, shit. <laughs> oh, oh my God. Okay. Okay, everybody, thanks for listening. Please wear your mask. Hey, let's be careful out there. And here it is, 545 Children.
2: 545 Children Are sleeping alone 545 children Can't fly like you